1: rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for the love of god do it it really helps
0: hey we're flashing back y'all to sundance to a time and a place that feels like never was um (laughs) This is a fun interview, and I got to see Bad Hair at Sundance. It was like our first day getting to Sundance, and it was kind of a quote-unquote late-night screening, but like the first screening ever of Bad Hair. And so ran to the theater without my folks.
1: um, I wanted to see it. I know. Right, right, But I had to cover a different film, so I was really jealous.
0: Yes. Um, So wanted to see this film. It's directed and written by Justin Simeon. If you haven't seen Dear White People, the movie or the show go see that um but I'm a big fan of his and uh this is a horror genre which was new for him and I ran into the theater and like four rows in front of me was Lena Waithe she's in the movie and I also think she might be either like a producer or something and then our friend Dino Ray Ramos was actually in the screening too but he was like way at the bottom (laughs) Like in front, because he's really good about uh, seating and like knowing where to sit and getting the hell out of there, which is real important <laughs> at some of these screenings. <laughs> gotta so run. The trade, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he's been doing this for a minute, um, but uh, it's a great film. It's on Hulu right now streaming. Um, I thought it was really fun. The soundtrack's awesome. It just puts you in a place uh, like 90s R&B, New Jack Swing, which is like right in my wheelhouse and just a really a fun horror film if you can say that um but really interesting and got to talk with uh justin as well as the lead actress in this film Elle lorraine and uh enjoy the interview and we'll see you on the other side to sit through last night's premiere and um, I'm not gonna talk about this film first you talk about this film Justin
2: Wow, okay. Um, I wouldn't do it justice, so. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it's a movie about a killer weave, uh, (laughs) (laughs) literally, uh, that takes place in 1989, which was sort of kind of the inception of the weave into popular culture. And, uh, you know, it's really my take on psycho thrillers, like particularly that kind of 70s style, uh, Brian De Palma era, uh, movies like Harry and Body Snatchers and Body Double. And uh, But black and wanting to sort of use those those techniques of of that genre to kind of uh, interrogate and pick apart, you know, the experience of being a marginalized person, particularly being a black woman uh, as well as I could from my perspective. And I got a chance to showcase who I think is just one of the most exciting actors uh, that, you know, people hopefully will know. A lot yeah. more of now uh, that this movie's been made.
3: So, that's yeah. That's
0: and Elle, can you talk about? You get the script.
3: <laughs> yeah, I get the script. And
0: then, and then what? <laughs> and then
3: I, like, I sat by myself and I read it and I connected to it immediately. And I was like, I have to do this. How can I, you know, how can I embrace this character to the fullest and show up in every way possible? And Justin actually made me a little nervous because he <laughs> was like, do the work do the work, come to that audition ready. You know what I mean? Because um, so many people wanted this role Mm -hmm. because he's brilliant Mm -hmm. and the role gave people an opportunity to really go deep and to just go into a world that we haven't seen in a capacity we haven't seen with people we haven't seen. Um, And so yeah, I I got to do it,
0: I got to be a part. (laughs) And Justin, to talk about the script and the story can you, can you rewind a little bit and just talk about the process and the layers sure. that you included into the story? Because there, there's a lot of layers.
2: There's a lot. I always bring <laughs> yeah. a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm a lot. Uh, no, I mean, it really started with a conversation about uh, Korean and uh, Japanese horror films, particularly a subgenre of hair horror Uh, a movie called The Wig in particular uh, sparked some conversation between me and the producers of Dear White People. And um, I just I've just really always loved that genre and and felt like there was an American story, you know, uh, to be said about hair. And um, and so I sort of began figuring out what that might be. And it started with a lot of conversations with black women in my life, Uh, I felt like I couldn't really tell this story just from my own perspective. And it felt like every conversation I had, and I had many, it felt like there was this... You were people. Black women in my life felt like they were always getting these sort of fake choices between a chance at freedom and success or their ambition, uh, and and sort of like being completely unseen and buried. And yeah. every time they took that opportunity, there was like a pin in it. There was like a a hidden cost, and and so the movie is kind of designed to sort of pull you through. This uh, environment that seems like maybe if you work it the right way you can get all the way to the top, but actually you know it's it's set up to ensnare you even further. And um, and so I just kind of went from there, and I, I sort of decided 1989 was was gonna be the year uh, because that really was sort of the first time that weaves kind of made it to the popular culture that everyday women were able to get them. Uh, and the music of the period was so interesting because it's it's stuff that we all remember so fondly, but there are these little messages in the music yeah. uh, and in the culture, even in the the culture that Black people love and celebrate. That yeah. sort of is a part of the oppression, and so I, I don't know. I just thought I could kind of pick it apart uh, from all of those different angles, and and uh, and that's what we attempted to do.
0: Yeah, and uh, can we talk about the music and the outfits? Can and, I uh, talk yes, about the music please. <laughs> first? I want
3: to say Justin wrote so much of the music.
0: Yes, did Can you know that? About, well, so I'm of a certain age, and I know some <laughs> of the music that you had in there, and then those parts where they were they were kind of made up for the film. I'm like, but it felt like yeah. that time and place. Yeah. yeah. So yeah,
3: um, all of Kelly Rowland's every song she did, and then there was a guy group, um, and then the fellas, the fellas, the the fellas. fellas. <laughs> and then Not. Justin also did a song, and he wrote all of the music. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's one of the things I just loved uh, that you said. It's so layered because it talks. It really narrates a lot of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always there, and it's so complex. Yeah, yeah, it's always there, and a lot of the songs kind of get in your mind and seep in, just as a lot of the messages do. <laughs> yeah, they kind you of know?
2: function like a little like Greek chorus, yeah. you know. But it's sort of stuff. Was like, yeah, that sounds like a bop, but then you listen to the lyrics, and like, wait, that's incredibly misogynistic and kind of yeah. rapey. And but we're all like in it and we're feeling it. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to sort of yeah, I just wanted to kind of shine a light sometimes with humor, sometimes with horror on those, on those things that we don't realize are actually, you know, ensnaring us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And can we talk more about the, the story of the political portion of, of this, the folklore of hair and, um, just both of your perspectives about that and, and and, no pun intended, weaving it into the story. I really, (laughs) that
3: was good. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, You know i did a lot of research on the things justin had researched for the movie and i have my own experiences culturally and as a woman and also being in entertainment and having to make those sacrifices myself i remember when i first moved to la i don't know if you remember this the first time i got a weave and there was a there was a certain level of needing it in order to present myself and even just an auditions and so um there were small sacrifices that i had to make so i related to this character very easily and i've watched the women around me have to adjust themselves and and change their own ideas ideas of beauty so that they could get further in their careers and um and yeah and so even like doing the research and reading all the stories that you read and talked about it just it spoke so much to our history it spoke so much to the things that I didn't even realize were in my psyche you know and um yeah
2: yeah and and I thought you know one of the things one of the tragedies of there are many tragedies of being marginalized in America but one of the ones about you know specific to black people is that we are so cut off from our history and from the stories that we've been trying to tell ourselves through the generations and there's a rich tradition of African folklore uh that served as inspiration for some of the kind of supernatural elements of the film and you know one of the things you kind of feel or at least I hope you feel is that if only Anna could sort of get an understanding of the wisdom that was sort of kind of cut off, cut away from her mm-hmm. maybe she would have enough resource to sort of get through this thing okay uh because you know really that to me is like one of the greatest tragedies of 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 slavery is that there was so much uh that was lost mm-hmm. even though slavery of course does not exist currently <laughs> in a form that we recognize anyway I was going to say well the, the we can have a, <laughs> yeah, complex, could have a but, conversation <laughs> about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it still it still finds its way mm-hmm. but um You know, as a a free, quote-unquote, free black person, I'm still also alienated from myself Mm -hmm. in ways that I'll never know, Mm -hmm. you know?
3: And the tradition of keeping secrets, which I think you point out so beautifully in the movie, um, which women, people of color, you know, a lot of us experience, like, in secrecy, even within our familial units a lot of times. And later we grow up and we're like, this was happening? I had no idea. Had somebody told me, I wouldn't have had to relive what you've already gone through or maybe I would have had a little more information about myself to be a little further, you know? Yeah. And I think that a lot of times it's left up to us, whether it's our generation or the younger ones, to change that and start speaking out loud. Yeah. And I think this movie questions that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Again, the layers.
0: I mean, yeah. you could just watch it and it's a, it's a horror film, but then when you're re- really reading into it and especially tying in the... Um, Uh, Indian uh, portion of the story Native Americans and tying it in with slaves and, and just all of that I mean well, of course,
2: I, I really wanted yeah. to make something that felt like a ride the first time through, but that maybe pulled you to watch it again. Because, you know, my favorite movies of this genre are sort of like 3D puzzles. It's like the first time you watch The Shining or something, you know, which is a freaking masterpiece. You almost don't even know what you watched. It's sort of it's almost like the eighth time I've watched it. I kind of start to understand what it's actually about and mm-hmm. meaning. And uh, I just wanted to just put in uh enough to sort of warrant repeat viewing and repeat thinking and repeat conversation about the film.
3: I can't wait. Honestly, I <laughs> learned watching it last night, I learned a few things too, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. I'm like oh, Oh, okay, that clicked for me in a different way. Yeah. And of yeah. course we have to talk about the cast. I mean, oh Vanessa my gosh. Williams, uh, she's amazing.
0: You, yeah, everyone was amazing. Top-notch, MC Light. I mean... Yeah, I mean... Please, please talk about it. Judith Hall. Yeah. her. When all of these names were coming through, were you like, uh, okay, this is happening.
2: Absolutely. I mean, and it's going to be powerful. Yeah. Uh, Carmen Cuba was our casting director. She did a great job. And it was just sort of, you know... That thing where you're looking for someone who's going to give you what's on the page, but also surprise you, but also just be great to work with. And I'm just grateful that, you know, all of those people existed and wanted to do it. And like Kelly Rowland and Laverne Cox (laughs) and James Vanderbeek and Blair Underwood. It's like, yeah, I I was I was really touched by their connection to the material and uh, their willingness to play and experiment and and find this, this strange movie with me.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and you're a part of it. So I it's am. And I was honored. I was honored to be there and and to be on the other side of them. Acting was a lesson. I was getting lessons galore, <laughs> and I remember um, during our early shooting, we did some of our first scenes with Blair Underwood, and he was doing some things, and I was literally like. Oh, and like, oh, I'm supposed to be working, you know. And, um, and you know, everyone else. like. But honestly, it was a master class for me. And even names you don't know, like Yanni and Ashley Blaine Featherston. Um, they were wonderful and incredible and sacrificed themselves. And you can see it in the work.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been talking about the film Bad Hair. Can't wait for everyone to see it.
2: Appreciate oh, I can't it. can't either. You. Go see it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
3: Thank you for Thank having you. us. Yeah.
0: Thank you to director screenplay writer, Justin Simeon and actress Elle Lorraine for their time at Sundance talking about bad hair and repealing back the curtain on this interview a little bit. So let me set the stage, right? So we get into Sundance. And we have to split up to see different screenings because you know we're handling 45 million interviews every day. And so Ange actually really wanted to see bad hair as well. It was like a top of our list going into Sundance, but we were only given one ticket and the options of the screening were going against each other. So I went to Bad Hair. And what did Ange watch? The Taylor Swift doc. Yeah. Yeah. So Ange went and saw Taylor Swift and I saw Bad Hair. It was like (laughs) also polar opposites. Very similar. Polar opposites. So then uh, flip to the next day. This is actually the first interview of our whole run at Sundance. Oh, I'm sorry. Second
1: or third, because we were all in the room together and we had already blacked.
0: I blacked it all out.
1: I remember because (laughs) I I was scared for you. I was scared for you. you Thanks. uh, We were in the small room. We had two different interview rooms that we were going back and forth. We were in the small room, all cramped in there. We had done one or two interviews. And then I looked on the schedule and I looked at, you and I was like, oh my God, good luck, because <laughs> you're going to be all alone with, you know, a, a big deal. It was a big interview, and uh, it was our first day, so we hadn't even gone warm yet, you know? Not year. even warm. <laughs>
0: Not even lukewarm. Like, yeah. Tw- barely 24 hours in Sundance.
1: <laughs> no, Yeah, in Utah, in the first place, yeah. You watched it the night before, and then you had the yes. interview that
0: morning, so. Yeah, it's a scramble, and you know, like, I think Angie and I on a normal basis, we have so many notes for all of our interviews and we get to maybe half of them that I had a lot of notes. I just, I just didn't have enough coffee. So (laughs) I I think that I'm going to have to, well, I'll have to re-listen to this interview. I haven't listened to it because I just thought it honestly, like I personally felt it went horribly, but I'm also very hard on myself. I'm sure it's fine, but I just like could not like I still can't shake the, I probably did the worst job of interviewing these two out of all of Sundance. <laughs> all so right. I Calm hope down. you enjoyed it. I loved this movie. Like, I don't know if that came across in the interview but I love the movie. I love the soundtrack. I just, I loved everything about it. Um, and the genre was fun. Uh, I love horror. Um, so, I just loved it. And I love Justin. I love what he does. So, I hope that came across in the interview. And I hope that he'll be on once again some other day <laughs> when it's not like a crystal clear morning and Sundance on our first day. So.
1: Maybe he's blacklisted you. He's like, oh, never again. Oh,
0: <laughs> come on.
1: I'm just Thanks. kidding.
0: I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was great. Thanks, Ange. <laughs> These memories, man, <laughs> that was eight months ago. <laughs> Yeah. It feels it been eight years ago. I feel sorry. like it was. I feel like it was two years ago. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, we're talking about this, and I'm like, God, that was still this year. Yeah, <laughs> felt like a lifetime ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. Some may say it was the first major spreader event. Yeah, of coronavirus. That's, that's super that's, spreader. That's the that's part of the super spreader. Some may say, yeah. Some may say, made that, it yeah. out.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways watch bad hair it's on hulu there's also a whole soundtrack that you can find probably anywhere i'm gonna guess spotify has it but it's a good film it's it's great for uh, what everyone's calling spooky season never heard of it before this is the first year i've heard of that and uh
1: yeah support justin Simeon, y'all and thank you for listening we'll see you next time